Andy. Yeah. Can we just start this thing? Do we have to? <laughs> that was my I, idea. Not, not really. <laughs> Although it was your idea. It was my idea. But anyway, what's going on, everybody? Hey, guys. Welcome back to another Power Drip Gaming Powercast! Where you're listening with power! Excuse me. Clear your throat. You know, Got it. Mmm. <clears throat> mmm. Mmm. I always feel like the... <clears throat> yeah. Like uh, the Princess Bride, where the guy the, the guy is like, The pit of despair, don't even think... Oh, <clears throat> <clears throat> don't even think about trying to escape. <laughs> I love it. Uh, uh, you know what's funny? I always love prison scenes and things that are just funny. Just fu- prison or, scenes? Or like, like... Well, no. You know, you know the beginning of Men in Tights? Yeah. Where he's in the jail or whatever, yeah. and the yeah. tongue loosers and shit, and he speaks to him in, in, in whatever fucking language that was. He says, what do you see? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, there's something really funny about Mel Brooks shit. Well, Mel Brooks stuff is funny. It's very good. Princess Bride was not Mel Brooks. I know it wasn't. I don't know It had Carrie Elwes in it. Oh, sure, sure. Okay, That's I where I made the connection. That's where the connection For was. For fuck's sake. Yeah, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. So much bacon. Is it microwavable bacon or stovetop bacon? Mm. Do you prefer one or the other? I prefer stovetop bacon, but you know what? Bacon is bacon, and when I need my bacon, I get my bacon any way I can get it. You look like the kind of guy who likes floppy bacon. Like, you don't like it crispy. You like that shit floppy and stringy. Nope, nope. I am the exact opposite. <laughs> I don't think there's anybody in the world that likes floppy bacon. I like I like my bacon very crispy. I like it so crispy and burnt almost that it melts in your mouth. You ever had that before? Yes. Where it just, like, almost, yes. like, dissolves ever so <clears throat> slightly in your mouth. Fucking meat, man. Hmm. Anyway... It's the Midwest Gaming Classic! We're going to the Midwest Gaming Classic soon! We are! It's in a couple days. We're recording this a couple days before the Midwest Gaming Classic 2019. 2019. I believe it's 2019. And this is the second year that it will be held in the Wisconsin Center. That's right. The the Milwaukee was. No. What what is it? Yeah, Uh, just the the Wisconsin Center. Yeah, in Milwaukee. In Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So. Yep, they used to be in Brookfield, I'm pretty sure. It used to be in Brookfield at the Sheraton Hotel, and it was it was so, you know, so funny. <laughs> no, it, it really was. Yeah. I mean, it's just, they really... We've been going to the Midwest Gaming Classic for, what, six years? This will be our sixth year now, and... I um, believe so, yes. And we really saw kind of the evolution, even though, like... Even though the Midwest Gaming Classic has been going on for for much longer than that, we really saw the evolution of how this thing has grown every single year since we went there, and we saw them really just literally outgrow the Sheraton Hotel, which is why they had to go to the the Wisconsin Center in Milwaukee. Um, And it's it's a great venue, honestly. There's a lot of room to breathe there. You don't feel claustrophobic. Um, Walk around, spread around. You're not walking into people. It's it's oh, it's great. Yeah, definitely. It's if you don't know what the Midwest Gaming Classic is, it's a big gaming expo it, thing. It's it's a convention. So yeah. basically, it is the the biggest gaming convention in the Midwest. The Midwest Gaming Classic, yes. obviously, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's held every year in Milwaukee or near Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, and yeah, you get a lot of vendors who come in to sell. Um, 
high ticket games, uh, low ticket games, everything in between. Um, there is actually uh, uh, demo uh, setups as well too, where people bring in systems. You can play games of every kind that you can think of. Oh, yeah. uh, they bring in uh, pinball machines as well too, and even uh, in some of them, they even unveil at the Midwest Gaming Classic of like pinball games that are going to be coming out soon. Yeah, I know a lot of indie developers go to yeah. go to those and they have their it's games to, set up. Yep, and it's to get their to get their product out to yeah to to get all that motherfuck. stuff. Motherfuck. Sorry wow. about that. I had to mute my phone. How <laughs> dare you? Sorry about that, buddy boy. But yes, it's it's a really it's a fun time. They always have a lot of really cool crap. Ah, fudge knuckles. What did you do? My notes went away. <laughs> did you knock it? Oh, tits. Where'd it go? Where did it go? I'm gonna just close that. Where did it go? Did I delete it? Yeah, I did. I'm an idiot. Alright, here we go. <laughs> Ignore what just happened. <laughs> Andy, cut that out. I was gonna say, you can just cut that out. I probably won't. <laughs> but, yes. the What did we say? Pinball machines. Indie developers. Uh... We're good at this. <laughs> We're good at this. <laughs> like I said, I might just keep this in because it's funny to me. It's funny to you. <laughs> Probably not funny to anybody else. But yes, we've been going to this for, as Paul said, about six years. Yeah, this will be the how, sixth year. How long has it been going on? You know what? That's um, that's a good question. Um, so we found out about it. Um, I know you told me about it. Yeah, you went I, one year before it? Before no, me? No, 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 no. I've only went with you. Oh. Um, we found out, or I may have found out about it from uh, from Gerald, from hmm. Coliseum Games. He was the one who, who told me about the Midwest Gaming Classic. And he said that it's this big, um, big gaming convention in Milwaukee. And I thought, hey, that's close enough. So then we went that first year in 2013 and um, never looked back. I think it heard of people going since like 2008 2009 so it may have been maybe the mid mid to late 2000s is when it when it started okay um so but uh, yeah i'm not i'm not 100 sure when it actually started hmm. well from, from we'll, we'll start from when we started going mm -hmm. so that was 2000 whatever the fuck you said 13 i'm waking up wow <laughs> <laughs> wake well, it's, well back in wake I mean, me up inside. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, so when, <laughs> yeah, we, so when we first went back in 2020, <laughs> back in 2020, <laughs> you know, future hindsight or whatever. Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> yeah, um, it was a pretty good. It was a pretty good time. You and I wandered around quite a bit. We did go to the vendor hall, which is the only reason we really go. Um, but I remember the vendor hall was inside the hotel, and it was. It, it actually wasn't that cramped when we first went. It didn't feel like it, no. No, mm -hmm. but I remember we picked up a lot of good things oh, yeah. our first year. Oh, yeah. I mean, I found Swakoden 2, which I found for about 120. Uh, I found Shining Force 3, which I think I spent 140 on, 125. It wasn't that much more. I I don't think so, but I think, I think it was around that 140 mark. I think so, too, I mean, now yeah. that I think about it. Um, I... <laughs> Talk about regrets. I remember seeing Magic Knight Ray Earth there at that first classic and Dragon Force, all for the Sega Saturn. How much was Magic Knight Ray Earth? No, no, no. How much was it at the classic? $75. Oh, are you going to be mad? 
Do you think? Oh yeah, it's it's about four times that. It's so more than four times that. Oh yeah, Magic Knight Ray Earth. So keep in mind, I saw it for seventy five. Yeah. Three hundred and seventy dollars yep. current day. <laughs> Dragon Force actually hasn't gotten that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Dragon Force, I think, was the same. It was about seventy five. Now it goes for about double that. One hundred fifty six. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Magic Knight Ray Earth really just kind of took off more than a lot of other games at that, oh, yeah. at that time. Well, it's funny because that first classic we went to, not only did I buy all those games there, but the, the day before, I bought my, my Vita. Oh, did you really? I did, because I bought a Vita for Kevin as well. Uh-huh. So I spent a lot of money that week, and yeah. I easily spent over a grand. Well, I remember you brought money with you, mm-hmm. and then you spent all that. Oh, so yeah. then you had to go to the ATM. <laughs> You spent all that, uh, yeah. and then I had to lend you some more money <laughs> because was, we were we were really like we were literally kids in a candy store. That oh, first yeah. year that we went, it seemed like anything and everything <clears throat> you could think of was there. I remember I was still collecting Nintendo games. Um, I can't true. remember all of the Nintendo games that I did pick up there, but I remember I picked up a lot of the. I would say the middle tier rarity games that I um, that I had never either seen before or hadn't found for cheap, and so I remember picking up like a game like um, uh, Jackie Chan's Action Kung Fu. Wonderful. Game. That was yeah. That was the I, I picked it up for twenty bucks. That was the first hmm. uh, uh, first time I had ever seen it um, in person. So I picked that up. Um, I picked up a game called Arquista's Ring. Yep. With yep. Uh, and that was complete, and I remember that was out of like somebody's hotel room because <laughs> it was just funny the way that it was like how it w- used to be set up before they then kind of um, they like migrated they seg- it yeah to they the they segregated it to like a tent outside of the hotel mm-hmm. instead of inside, but it's like they had it within like conference rooms and hotel rooms like you would just walk up and down like a hallway and people's doors would be open and each one was like basically a vendor yeah um, that, that was the only part that felt really odd is sometimes you'd be walking into these rooms and you're like huh what's in here felt, yeah, and you're no, like it's, i don't feel like i should be in here yeah no it's, <laughs> it, it felt very i don't want to say it felt like being in a dungeon or anything like that but it <laughs> it wasn't too far off no <laughs> and it, it was just, it was weird it was cramped it, it was trying it was. to pass people in those hallways it was, and stuff. it was but they had they had a big vendor hall but then sometimes in some of those side rooms you'd have more vendors mm-hmm. like i remember just outside the vendor hall, back when or when it went to the tent, like sometimes you would go in and then like you would take a left and then there would be like joined rooms. It almost felt like it was like a like a meeting room mm-hmm. that they pulled the partition off of, and there was more vendor in there. But it, it, I don't know. It was just a very odd setup for how many vendors they actually had. What what were some of the besides Jackie Chan's Action Kung Fu? What were some of the other things you picked up yeah, so around I, like our first couple classics? So I remember um, Arquista's Ring mm-hmm. uh, for twenty five, and that was complete, very immaculate box too. It was fantastic. Um, I remember finding Dragon Warrior four there, Ooh. and it was literally just sitting out. But the way that it was like sitting out, they made it look almost as if it was like a game that was going to be raffled off. Yeah, and so I remember looking at it and thinking like. You know what? What's it hurt to ask? I'm just gonna ask. Hey, is that is that for sale? They're like, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, how much? How much is that? And they're like, um, and they they went to their their book or something like that because I I guess all the prices that they had of all their stuff um, was listed in the book. And the guy was like, I was looking through. He's like, 
Uh, $36. <laughs> and I'm like, ah! sold. <laughs> I won't take it. And he, he was like, oh, okay, great. He handed it to the other guy. And uh, he's like, uh, he's like, okay, this, this uh, guy's going to get this game. It's uh, $36. And the guy kind of looked at it like, um, 36 And so it's like he, like, you could tell that he thought something was fishy about the price. And then he looked in the book and he's like, well, okay, all right, $36. So, uh, so I ended up picking up Dragon Warrior 4 for 36 which I don't think that it's, I don't think the game's terribly expensive now. It may be double that now but it's not not too much more than that but still it was just it was the fact that you could not get that game for below fifty dollars yeah um at the time and i think at that time it was probably around the 50 60 mark but it was it was so consistent that you would never ever find that game for less than fifty dollars and so when i found it for 36 i'm like oh my god this is like this is a sign this is manna from heaven. <laughs> like yeah, it goes $76 now. Yeah, yeah. Which you're right, because I think after the classic, you you called me, Was I want to say it was this the same year, um, that Inner Child. Oh, downtown. yeah. I remember you told me they had a copy of Earthbound. Uh, yeah, and I remember that for, for like, uh, the Earthbound like and the guide was 150 Yeah, well, unbeknownst to us, the guy had it. It was just. It was, it was technically separate. Yeah, yeah, needless to say, I didn't buy it. I, although I should have probably, but I did end up picking Dragon War, picking up Dragon Warrior Four from Inner I Child. I think he had it for forty. Right? I think I spent it for forty or, or fifty. For, forty or forty-five, maybe. Yeah, but um, you were. It was right on about what you were. Yeah. Thinking. Yeah. So. But, but yes. Uh, but I remember getting that. Um, I remember going after some uh, some like Game Boy games. I remember getting uh, Battletoads Double Dragon and Mortal Kombat One and Two, like the the dual pack. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked up the two of them for thirty bucks, which is which is pretty cheap. And uh, Battletoads Double Dragon is about double that. Um, MK One and Two, for some reason, like that's a it's a dual card. It's really nice. Um, it's a pretty semi-difficult game to find but for some reason it doesn't go for that much yeah that's weird yeah it's like maybe 11 or 12 dollars truth be told I didn't know they made a double pack of it yeah yeah Mortal Kombat 1 and 2 what was it for? for the Game Boy for the Game Jesus Christ come on I said the Game Boy (laughs) I wasn't listening (laughs) go back to bed yeah go back to bed (laughs) wow that's so but it just it really seemed like those first several years that we went there is specifically well, specific. I no. I take that back. The first year, uh, twenty thirteen. It just seemed like everything and anything you could find was there. It was just. It was a dream. Like things that you don't normally see, and the variety, the amount of variety. Everybody mm-hmm. had different games. None of this, like the common games, the common NES or SNES games that you see all the time. It's just they had a lot of different variety, unique games. Um, it was just, it was fantastic. The pricing was good, too. And the pricing That's, was really good. That was one thing that I kind of miss yeah. a lot, is the fact that now pricing has... Back in the day, you could go to those, you could go to the Classic, and you would find games for a good deal. Mm-hmm. If it was normally 50, sometimes you'd find it at the Classic for 35 or 40. It was yeah. a, You would find that game you were looking for they, for so long without having to pay like that top shelf price it's like they they priced them to sell not yeah. to, not for people to go like oh my god that game is worth that 
Like how we, mm-hmm. like last year when we ran into that Bonk's adventure that they wanted 3600 for. And I, <laughs> I immediately was like, um, that, that ain't right. That doesn't sound right. 3600 that's more than Little Samson. <laughs> that's more than, yeah, more than a box of Little Samson. Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> what? Yeah, so it's, but nowadays it tends to be more on the high side mm-hmm. for pricing. Yeah. Still fair. Like, the prices are still fair. Uh, it's I was just gonna you're say, going to yeah. pay what the game's worth. Basically, yeah. You're not yeah. getting deals. The prices are fair, and sometimes you can cut some really good deals. Um, but, again, you, you just have to really look a lot deeper than what you had to in the past. And there's going to be these these flags that you're going to see where that game is way too overpriced. Or, oh, yeah. I, and, and a part of me thinks that they do that only to draw... Like people into their their into the booth into the booth. It's like, oh my god, he's got a Bonk's adventure box for thirty six hundred dollars. Oh, what else does he have? That's and true. So, and so maybe it's just I don't I don't know. Maybe they're doing it for that 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 wow factor. But but yeah, it it seemed you're right. It seemed like that first year everything was just the prices like, and that's why we spent so much money. It's yeah. But uh, it almost felt too because. The only, one of the big differences that I can remember of then versus now is that a lot of the classics, and we do this often, we'll look at a game, mm-hmm. what they have it priced at, and then we'll go to our phones and we'll look at price charting right. to see what is this game trending at on price charting. We never did that once nope. when we went to that first classic, and I'm pretty sure... That price charting didn't even exist at that time. No, you don't think so. I almost, or at least it, it was in it was in no, it was in its infancy. You're right. I it was think, definitely it was definitely in the early days of yeah. price charting. And so it was not. Uh, I think price charting may have just hit the scene, but we weren't going to our phones saying like, "Is this a good price? Is this a good price?" Mm-hmm. And so nowadays, people are using price charting more and more, especially the collectors. Saying okay, well, this game is trending at eighty dollars. All right, well, well, I gotta recoup the money that I spent on the booth, so I'm gonna charge ninety dollars. Mm-hmm. Or this game is going for one hundred and twenty. I saw somebody else who's got it for one hundred and sixty, so I'm gonna I'm gonna price it at one hundred and forty-five, which is still grossly above what it trends at, but it's lower than what somebody else has it at. So then that kind of becomes the next trending point. Yeah. yeah. Or they overprice it because they know some people will try to haggle them down. Mm-hmm. So I mean you see 145, the game might only be worth 80, but the person who's who wants to buy it'll be like, "Well, will you take 90 for it?" Mm-hmm. You know, "Oh, sure. Why not? You're still coming out ahead or you're getting $10 worth over what it is because it's that inflated price." Or if or even if they get it down to 120 or something like that, it's yeah. like you got it down $25, so hey, you know what? I'll settle for that. That is the nice thing, though, at the classic, is they do a lot of a lot of the vendors are very negotiable. They are. We yeah, we do a lot thing. of bundle deals. We where, do. You know, because I remember um, I go for a lot of the strategy guides, which reminds me, after this, I have to catalog my guides you to make sure I don't rebuy. Better them. do that. <laughs> yes, I mean I have my catalog. I just got to update it. Um, but I've noticed even an in inflation in some of the guide prices. I used to spend. I used to be able to get a whole fucking. Like backpack full of guides for maybe a hundred and ten dollars. Say next to nothing. Yeah. I remember. And yeah. now even this last classic, some of these guides are going for forty. Like for one, mm-hmm. one of them alone is going for about forty bucks. So it's like uh, I, yeah. even 
everything is starting to inflate. Mm -hmm. And I, you're right, I think price charting is a big influence on that. It's hard to haggle when all of that information is right it's at your right fingertips. right there and everybody's using it. And yeah, which I, is, we ran into that issue with Rule of Rose. Yeah. We still got a good price on it, but mm -hmm. we, we ended up with that issue where it's like you can't really go any lower than what we got it for well which is funny too because the first one of the first years that we actually saw it and we were looking for it it's 195 and we, we laughed fucked and we laughed up. because we're like man that's expensive <laughs> <laughs> oh we were so young <laughs> so flash forward to like one year later it's like okay i guess we'll settle at 250 <laughs> god, <laughs> god damn it ain't that the truth well actually so, i'm gonna we'll 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 do that. We'll, we'll but, compare and contrast some of the prices of games we've bought at some of these classics. Well, it's actually really funny, although it's not... Um, I mean, it's not a game that I bought at the classic, but the first classic we went to, I also I met up with a guy for um, Lil' Samson. I bought it on eBay. That's right. And then I found out that he lived in Milwaukee, and he yeah. said that he was going to be at the Midwest Gaming Classic. I remember that. His name was Edwin. Yes, I actually, I actually had his number in my phone up until like maybe a couple weeks ago when I'm like, why do I have Ed? Uh, who's Ed is Edwin? Yeah, who's Edwin? And I'm like, oh shit, that's that guy that I got little Samson from. That's fun. But yeah, I ended up buying it on eBay, meeting him, and and I, I felt like I was doing like a backdoor deal or something like that, where it's just like, hey, you got the you got the stuff, and, it's, and he pulls out he pulls out a like a, a non-discreet bag out of his. Uh, this in out, of his, out of his coat or something like that. I'm looking in and I'm just like, oh man, yeah. Let me let me see. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That looks like the real deal. That looks like the real stuff. Ooh, look at that. Give a little that sniff. That looks <laughs> that looks so real. That that label is just so crisp. It's oh, it's official. All right, yeah. Let me let me just pull out my money. Oh shoot. Hopefully nobody's looking because they want this little Samson. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, so you were getting so, a little excited there. You I, was, to sweat. I was. Oh god. <laughs> That's um, that's a thing though. But, is is you didn't see Little Samson at those conventions not, very not much the in the one. early ones. Not the first one. No. And now, and in fact, and in fact, somebody um, actually saw it, that I had Little Samson. They're like, "Hey, are you interested in trading that game?" And I'm like, uh, "No. I, one of the reasons I came here was to pick up this game. Yeah. So I'm not. Yeah, I'm not interested in selling it or trading it." But, and now I know we um, see it at least three or four different booths. We'll but, have a Little Samson. But I was uh, I was actually thinking about that where I. When I purchased that game, it was in 2013, and at the time, it was one of the most expensive games I had ever purchased. Yeah. I, I paid um, a hair over maybe $500 for that game, and now, I, and I think to myself, like, oh man, that's so expensive, but at, at that, in that same vein, the game really did skyrocket in price, yes, and therefore I ended up, what I thought was paying a lot of money for it. But I ended up saving money down the road by not waiting any longer than I did. You said you spent how much? Five hundred. It is easily double that. It's yeah, back to twelve hundred. It's back up to twelve hundred now. Yep, eleven ninety nine fifty nine. I remember that maybe six months ago, or maybe it was twelve months ago. That game fell even below below four the, digits. Before, uh, yeah, below four digits. First yeah. time in, God, three four years. And now it's yeah, it's creeping up. And I remember at, at most we saw it at the classic one year for like fourteen hundred dollars. Yeah. So. But we saw that box copy last year for fourteen hundred. Oh. Right as you entered the classic, it was in that case, 
It was well, it might not have been fourteen hundred. It was it was unless, there. Unless you're there was one where it was just a box that they were selling. Maybe. Maybe that, that, was that might be what it was. Okay. Is it was just the box. It wasn't the game too, because I'm like, that would go for if it was the game and the box. You're easily talking like two, three thousand dollars. Uh, I think on well, on price charting, it was twenty three something for the for oh complete. complete. Oh, okay. Yeah, which actually isn't that bad. No, you think about it in the grand scheme. Yeah, in the grand cheaper scheme. than bonk. <laughs> you, you sure that game's thirty six hundred dollars oh, complete? God. Yeah. So, but uh, but yeah. Anyways, um, that's a big difference. No, I mean, uh, like just the games. Um, I'm actually curious as to what Arquista's ring is because that itself is a that's a super rare game to me like i don't you don't ever really see arquista's ring no we don't we don't run into that one very often no and i ended up finding that one complete like in it was just the most pristine box like ever yeah um well i know i i bought sukoden 2 my first classic for 120 nowadays it goes for about 163 so it did go up a little bit but not astronomically high which is, you know, it's surprising, but still good. I remember that game eluded me for years. We used to see it at EB Games all the time growing up. Which game? Uh, oh, Sukoden Sukoden 2. 2. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, as soon as we go to buy it, it's, it's gone. it disappears, and we haven't <laughs> seen it since. Story so, of my life. <laughs> <laughs> ain't that the truth, Scat? <laughs> oh, shit. You had to open up that that wound and then you had to pour salt on it i sure did mm. uh, another one that i mentioned shining force 3 i spent about 140 on nowadays it's about 210 so that one even has gone up about 50 60 dollars um my biggest one though was uh panzer dragoon saga oh yeah um that was i want to say just before we started recording the classics I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So it must have been 2014, actually, that I think I got it. Um, I spent 400 on the dot for Panzer Dragoon Saga. I remember that. Nowadays, 665 bucks. So it's gone up 265 dollars. Wow, that's nice. Yeah. Not that it's funny because we talk about that. We don't sell our games. No. No. So it's like really these prices are kind of arbitrary to well, us. They're arbitrary, but, but still, it there's something because. And I noticed that it's a mentality with, with collectors. Not really even the resellers, but just the collectors who want to keep the stuff. Um, so even though they have no intention of, of ever selling it, they always talk yeah. about the price and what it's going for. Um, and it's almost like an additional... I don't know. It's almost like an additional trophy. Not only did you find something that was rare that you were looking for, yeah. but you also got it for a really good price. Yeah. And when you see that it's going up, you're like, oh, hey, that's desirable. It's going up, and it's getting harder to find. Like, hey, hey, I got that. And mm. it just makes you feel good. It, it really almost, does. It almost weirdly timestamps it. And it does. Yeah, yeah, it really does. There mm -hmm. was a time when 400 was the going price for Panzer Dragoon Saga. And I'm sure that there was probably a time when it was like 150 <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Um, one of the big ones from last year, Rule of Rose, we spent two fifty mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Nowadays it goes for three hundred and sixteen dollars. So yeah, if if we had not picked it up last year, it's, we would easily gonna, be spending over three hundred. We're gonna yeah, I was gonna say we'll probably be yeah, if it's three six yeah, wow, holy shit. So if my biggest sixteen it's they're they're probably gonna be well if we do see a copy of it, I, I imagine it'll be probably no cheaper than three fifty. Three fifty, huh? I'm gonna I say three twenty five. I think three fifty. I, no, I think no. we'll see it for three twenty five. I don't think so. No, 
Well, it'll be in the video, actually. Well, here we go. Then That's this, something this, this to look for. It's going to be a bet. Yep. <laughs> it's going to be a bet. It's going to be a bet. <laughs> I think 325 is what we'll find it at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless it's without an instruction booklet. Oh, that's which, a good point. Which, unfortunately, could be the case. <laughs> I don't know, though. We've never really seen Loose Rule of Rose. I don't even think anybody would. Why would you bring a, a just a disc-only copy of Rule of Rose to a classic? Because disc-only is still almost $230. <laughs> it's true. But, and, and this is one thing that we, we kind of found out, too. Um, the first classic we recorded... That we put that we did with Power Trip. Um, there was a copy of Thousand Arms. Remember where I sat there, I waited for it, and then he's like, "Oh, it's oh, just it it's just it is. There's no yeah. instructions. Why would you even bring that? Yeah, because the type of people that go to the Midwest Gaming Classic, especially in the vendor hall, they're collectors. They're collectors. They they're want, looking they for their games complete. Yep, they want it complete. Mm-hmm. I should say there's a certain era of games they want complete because mm-hmm. honestly, finding complete NES and SNES games are, are it's kind of difficult to come by. Yeah, but oh, yeah. so I mean, really, if you're a collector, you're going to the Classic to look for NES games that are just the cart. Mm-hmm. If you get a box, hey, more you know, more power to you. But I would say if you're looking for any of the disc-based games, chances are you're going to want those games complete. At least we, we're like that anyway. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how many people out there actually, <clears throat> like if you have a PS1 game, do you care if it has the instructions? I personally do, but maybe maybe yeah. other people don't. That's, yeah. No, I, I, you know, I mean, as long as you have the game and you can play it, I'm sure that there are people out there... Um, and there's nothing wrong with this. Is no, as long as you have the game, and you can play it, that's all you need. You don't. Some people don't need the box. Some people don't need the instruction booklets, um, and some people just go after that stuff. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. However, you want to collect is is the way that you should do it. You should never try to yeah. emulate somebody else or try to collect just because you think that um, that something's going to be popular or something's going to be valuable or rare or something like that. Get what you want. Yeah, that's, there's no wrong way to no, collect. That's the first rule of it. So, but I um, <clears throat> I remember I found Castlevania Legends on the Game Boy oh. one year, um, <clears throat> and I ended up paying I think fifty bucks for it, which is pretty cheap for that game. Mm-hmm. And so now it goes for about seventy five dollars. So, oh wow! So I mean that that one went up a little bit. Um, Jackie Chan's Action Kung Fu. Um, I paid twenty for it. That one doubled in price. That was. For, it's forty nine right now, which is funny because when we actually played the game and recorded it, it was like around like the seventy eighty dollar mark. So that's true. That's one of those middle tier games where you can. Um, I wouldn't say that the the collecting bubble has burst, but you can tell that a lot of the middle tier games are starting to come down now. Starting to take that. It's dip. starting to yeah. It's I think it's starting to take the dip. Um, the rare games themselves, it, it doesn't look like the prices have been affected all that greatly. Mm, um, no. But uh, but the middle tier games, though, it seems like those ones are they've they've all kind of went down like a, a I would say a good twenty twenty five percent. But uh, Arquista's Ring, yeah. Um, so I paid twenty five dollars for that game, uh, complete. It's a little bit over eighty one dollars, which is so surprising to me. That is surprising. Uh, that because that's a game that you just don't really see, which then makes me think that it's probably not that great of a game. <laughs> so it's an interesting game, that's for sure. Uh, interesting usually means bad. No, it's not. It's not bad. It, it's it, there. There sounds like a but is coming. It's going to be a challenge for us to learn. Cause it's Why very... is it going to be a challenge to learn? 
not like Bandit Kings of Ancient China where we have to deal with fiefdoms. <laughs> or Shingen the Ruler. Shingen the Ruler, oh god. <laughs> Destiny of an Emperor. Nobunaga's oh. ambition. One and two. <laughs> uh, Ultimas. Romance of the Three Kingdoms, one and two. God, there's a lot of them. <laughs> Genghis Khan. Oh, that's right, Genghis Khan. Oh, no. There was, uh, do you I don't even know how to look it up, but you remember when we, we picked up the, uh, the Power Glove, actually. We did pick up a the Power Glove at the Classic. A complete one. And in fact, we we picked it up at like just the nick of time, too, because the guy had told us that it's like, yeah, somebody else was eyeing that, and we ended up seeing somebody else who wanted a Power Glove, and we ended up kind of snatching it before yeah, they we, could. We scooped it up quick. And it was, I remember, it was like 100 bucks, but the the power glove itself like the box was like great it yeah. was lar it, it's it's a, uh, a large so we'll be able to use it because it can <laughs> actually fit our hands yeah. it's not like it's a small that we can't use um but uh it comes with all the the uh the instructions all the hookups all the connections all the the paperwork that came with it too so um I honestly I think that that was a that was a really good pickup. That was a good pickup. That's what's cool <clears throat> about the classic too is not only just the games are there. It's like you can find a lot of the peripherals. You can mm -hmm. find even just systems in general. Yeah, a lot of vendors will have a lot of the systems they for sale. Lot, yeah, and they'll have a lot of like kind of odd things. Yeah, yeah, here and there. I know I've picked up quite a few uh, repro cards of things at the at the conventions. I picked up. Um, was it Saikendetsu 3 or 2 or something like that? Oh, Saikendetsu 3. I, I think, think yeah. I picked up 3, yeah. I um, think actually that's where I picked up uh, uh, Battle Kid. Yeah, I, I picked believe up Battle so. Kid at one of the classics, actually, yeah. Yeah, they have, so they have a lot of like the homebrew things will be there. Mm -hmm. And those are always fun to peruse. Just, I was going to say, just to try them out, yeah. Uh, one of my. Uh, well, it ended up becoming a, a treasured moment, but. At the time, I was kind of pissed off. <laughs> so in 2014, I completed the the Nintendo collection of, mm -hmm. of, American, of the American licensed games, and Ooh. I specifically, I don't know why, but my collecting mind was like, I there was something about the last couple of games that I wanted. I didn't want them to be rare. I didn't want them to be like a little Samson or a Flintstone surprise Dino Peak. So I. The last two games that I needed, I remember, were was Kiwi Craze and Eliminator Boat Duel. Of all the games, <laughs> Eliminator Boat Duel, which is like a $5 game. Kiwi Craze at the time, I think, was like $15, maybe $20. Um, and those were the last two games. I specifically was like, yes, the classic's coming up in 2014. We're going to finish the collection right at the Midwest Gaming Classic. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And we walked around, and I think that was the year, do you remember, the, there was the tent outside, and I think that that was the first year that they, they did the tent outside, and it happened to be, like, in the middle of a thunderstorm. Yes, it was in, like, a torrential, like, downpour. It was. It was and horrible. The, and the water started seeping in underneath. Oh, it was terrible. And so many things. Because they had shit on the floor. I felt so bad for all of those vendors because oh. they had their crap on the floor. And you could tell, like, the boxes were just getting destroyed. They were getting soaked. Oh, God. I'm like, I don't want to even, like, I don't want to 
take that stuff to like put it in my car because it's just gonna get mildewed and stuff like that. That was really um, when they moved it to the tent. It was that it was, was it was yeah it was bad and, and it, it was, was really just, cold too. Yes, it was. It was actually really cold. Um, it was a, a cold April day. Yeah, they had heaters and all sorts of shit. Yeah, in I remember that. And it, um, I don't know if that was the same one. Um, they lost power. Yeah, it <laughs> they was. lost power out there. Yeah. <laughs> It's like all of a sudden all the lights went out and everybody's just like, um, huh, what do we do? <laughs> like yeah. It almost turned into like the midnight flea market. Have you ever uh, done that at uh, in DuPage County? It's basically a... What a f- the fuck is a DuPage County? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Who the fuck is Steven Spielberg? <laughs> Um, so DuPage County holds a, uh, a what they call the midnight flea market. So it starts at, I believe, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and it runs supposedly, and I, I air quote that, uh, it's supposed to run all night through like 4 o'clock in the morning. However, <laughs> there is the human element. People get tired. <laughs> yeah. So usually around 1 o'clock, which granted is still pretty late, but around like 12, 31 o'clock, You'll start seeing a lot of the vendors like start packing up their stuff and 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 leaving. You'll see a lot of empty tables at that point. You you will still see some people out there, but it's always supposed to last until like four or five o'clock in the morning. It never does. It ends <laughs> probably like twelve thirty is like your. It's like being in a bar. That's your last call right there. It's like last call. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Like, I'm so, just too tired to be here. But uh, but what they do is because it's at night and it, it gets dark and stuff like that, people are supposed to bring flashlights with them. And so you literally are going table to table with your flashlight looking at stuff, like trying to find like the best deal and like you're that you're like seems, doing like a treasure hunt. That like seems hunt. shady as hell. It feels like it. <laughs> um I will tell you though, it was really fun until a couple I think it was a couple years ago. When they posted on Facebook for the first time that they were going to be doing the the midnight flea market, yeah, you used to be able to literally walk right in and just peruse. Yeah, there was there was a lot of people, but it never felt congested or anything like that. Right. The year that they advertised for it on Facebook, there was a line. That was queued back like almost all the way like off the grounds, like oh, off wow. off of where they were holding this thing, and in addition to having to wait like twenty five minutes to get in because the line was that long, um, it actually like there was so many people there and it just felt packed and it just didn't feel. It was one of those things where it's like you felt like you found like a hidden treasure because not everybody knew about this and so it's like. The, it, it was your special world. Yeah. And it didn't feel like that anymore. Oh, that's disappointing. So, but anyways, that's a long tangent about <laughs> the, the, the time that the Midwest Gaming Classic lost power and it felt like the, the <laughs> midnight flea market. Um, but yeah, so it, it was almost as if that was like a foreboding foreshadow of how the day was going to go. I ended up finding Kiwi Craze. Yeah, and I, and I was so happy. I'm like, this is the second to last game I need. I just need Eliminator Boat Duel. Eliminator Boat Duel. Common ass game. Nobody wants it. It's five dollars. <laughs> Let's go. Let's get. We're gonna find this game. I walked around that damn tent for I don't know how long, but I walked around it two or three times before I finally gave up and said, "That's it. 
I am pretty sure nobody has Eliminator Boat Duel here. <laughs> I can't believe that at the Midwest Gaming Classic, this was supposed to be... A like, crowning moment. This was supposed to be a crowning moment, and it was completely deflated by not being able to find one of the easiest games to find. That'd be like being thwarted by, like, a Zelda or something like that, where it's just like, really? Nobody has this. Well, well maybe not a Zelda. No, 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 no. The, the, best, the best analogy I could think of, actually, based off of Zelda, you're in a room with the boss, with the with Dodongos, yeah. and there's also Paul's voice in there, and there's Dark Nuts, and there's somehow an Octorok in there. Somehow. And all of the things in there, you're dodging, you're ducking, dodging, and all of a sudden, the thing that kills you is the fucking Octorok. <laughs> of all things. Of all things. Like, the thing that shouldn't have been, should have been there, but it wasn't. <laughs> fucking, fucking ridiculous. Oh, my God. It yeah, I hurt. remember that. Oh, it hurt so bad. That did. That, that was painful. So, but it, it was resolved. We After we left, we stopped at a, a video game place, and, like, they, had, they ended up having eliminator bullet duel but for some reason it was just like it was so anticlimactic at that point i'm just like you know what they better fucking have this game <laughs> that's right because you were like i think i remember seeing it at this I, place. I think i remember seeing it here and then when i first initially looked and i couldn't find it, i'm like oh you have got to be kidding me <laughs> why is it not here now it's kind of like your Sakoden 2, where it's yeah. like when you're ready to pull the trigger, and then all of a sudden it's not there. That was funny, because so. Sakoden 2, I ended up finding, it was like underneath another it game. Was like under, like yeah. some common-ass game. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's weird. Why would you have this hidden? Yeah, that's like that's one of your, your headliners of, yeah. of, the, of the booth, of the table. You should have that where everybody can see it. So. And that's funny, too, is as we started nearing the end of the collection, and even, even our own personal collections, like mm -hmm. with my RPGs and stuff, yeah. it's like... The only thing that draws us to somebody's table or booth is those cases. If they have games in cases, mm -hmm. usually the loose stuff, the, you know, the, out on the table, is usually nothing we're interested in. Unless we're looking for something relatively common. Um, but those cases are usually where we find what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, there's like, there was like a weird tipping point where, yeah, you'd be able to find stuff in the loose area where you're like, oh, it's good deal, you know, whatever. But now, you know, as you near the end here, it's like, damn it, now, now you know everything's going to cost you a lot of money. Except one oddity of that. Uh-oh. No, 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 you'll, you'll remember this one. This was just last year. <laughs> Trying to find nightmare creatures. <laughs> That's Nightmare true. Creatures is not a, a it's not a case game. A deadly premonition it's not, anybody. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not a game that you're going to put in a case. No. It's not a rare game. It's not a game that people I people may have a cult following or a cult liking to it, but it was not I don't think it was no. a popular game. It'd be like trying to find Tomba. Yeah. <laughs> and so I found like I'm looking. I'm like, you know what? I just had this hankering. I wanted to play Nightmare Creatures because I remember playing it. I remember being like legitimately freaked out as a kid playing that game. And so I'm like, you know what? I would love to play that game again. Just see what it looks like. I don't think it's aged gracefully. Oh, um, if if that my memory era? serves correctly, no, the polygons were terrible. Yeah. Um, and so we went to booth to booth looking for Nightmare Creatures on the PlayStation One. I found three booths that had Nightmare Creatures 2. Two is a rarer game than one is. Well, that's the idea. Three booths had two. Had Nightmare Creatures 2, not a single one had Nightmare Creatures. That's funny. 
So, you know what? Actually, some of the games, I can find them in the common area. <laughs> if they were there. If they were there. <laughs> so, what, what would be stuff that you're looking forward to finding at this year's Classic? One thing I do have to look for is Silent Hill for the PS1. That's you're looking for Silent Hill? For Kazzy. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. That's one thing I'm looking for. That one is. Um, it's. I think it's like sixty or seventy. I, I was gonna. Well, it's. I, I was gonna say. I. I hate to say it. It's. It's on the upswing. Yeah. It, well, um, I have a because, feeling it's because it's because for the longest time, Silent Hill was actually around like the the forty mark. Actually, even borderline like thirty to forty dollar mark. And uh, yeah, complete fifty three. Yeah, that's 13. not too. Bad. So, no, not bad at all. Um, and that's for the that's for the the black label original one. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure that the. Um, the greatest hits version is uh, 43 still, so because same game. So oh yeah, um, I make no distinction between no, the black know, label yeah. and greatest hits. No, it's uh, actually there are there's some games that I'm I'm looking for um, that I'd love to get my hands on, and some of them that are like really easy to find too. That it's just it, it wasn't until later that I've actually played them. But um, I recently played. Um, uh, what is it? Donkey Kong Country. Uh, uh, what is uh, the the freeze? Uh, Tropical freeze. Tropical freeze. Played it for the first time like a couple weeks Not ago. Bad, and I'm like, actually. that's actually a really fun game. And yeah. they made it for the Wii U. And I obviously I have the Wii U. I'm like, you know what? I'd love to find that game. Pick it up on the Wii U. It's cheap. And I'm sure that uh, dare I say it, <laughs> almost every booth is gonna have it. Which means almost. Almost completely, nobody's gonna have that game this year. <laughs> I just doomed myself. Yeah, you did. Um, obviously, one game for the for the the Super Nintendo that I'm still looking for that um, I don't think I saw it last year. Um, but if I found it for forty, fifty bucks, maybe it's a little bit more than that. I don't know. But um, Axley, yeah, I'd love to get right. Axley because that's a that's a, a shooting game. Um, or a, a what is it? A horizontal shooter. Mm -hmm. um, it just looks fun. It's got a kick-ass soundtrack too. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so I'd love to get my hands on that. Um, obviously, looking for Game Boy games. Uh, some of the the middle to upper tier stuff too. Um, oh, although yeah. it would be nice to find the like some of the cheaper stuff just to kind of get it out of the way. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, you know what? It's I I would love to just find. Um, Almost like PlayStation One and PS Two era like survival horror games and just yeah cheap games that that or or maybe even just games that just kind of catch my fancy that it's like you know what I didn't realize that they made that for PS Two and so I just yeah I wanna I wanna get it so I I honestly this year I don't really feel like there's that much along the way of rare stuff that I'm really interested in or looking for but sometimes that's a good thing I, yeah that's a good thing. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but we'll see. I mean, it it seems like over the last couple of classics, we've ended up kind of picking up our own big ticket items. So mm -hmm. You with Panzer Dragoon Saga, and I remember one year I picked up uh, Castlevania Dracula X, and you picked up yep. Crusaders of Senti. Yeah, it was a good. That was a good year. Which is funny, because. And, and the guys that that sold us the game, they were they were awesome. Yeah, they, they were so awesome. 
Um, and the guy, I, I it, it was like $160 for Castlevania Dracula X. And I'm like, can you do anything less than this <laughs> so that I don't feel so bad buying this game? And the guy's like, no, he actually priced it. And he's like, of all the games we have here, this is the one that like he doesn't want to go lower on. Didn't he say that was the one he was he would practice speed beating on? Yeah, 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 he, yeah. That was his speed beating because the label was card. yeah the label was messed up or something. It was, but I am the kind of guy where there was there was a there was a rip on the label that it looked like there was a sticker on there that somebody tried to pick off and, yeah. and label came with it and then on the side there was like a one of those void uh, sticker yeah, residue yeah. things where somebody there was a label there and, and they ripped it off and it left void um, but to me I love that kind of stuff especially on rarer stuff I don't care if it doesn't look pretty um, in fact in some cases the less pretty it looks the more authentic it makes me feel that it is and the yeah. more at peace or at, at ease I am buying it knowing that it's not like a a, a fake cart or a, an emulated one or a, a reproduction cart oh, yeah. somebody's trying to pass off as uh, um, as as the real thing shell swap mm-hmm. so but uh, but yeah $160 for that and then you were about to pull the trigger on Crusaders Ascenti for $200 and the guy calls his friend and he's like yeah, he, uh, he said that if you buy Castlevania, you can get it for 180. Yes. I didn't tell him you already bought Castlevania, <laughs> so just give me 180 for it. That was amazing. <laughs> so yeah, those guys were they were awesome. They were so awesome. Oh yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that was the the one year, and then the next year, obviously, the Rule of Rose was the big pickup. Um, oh yeah. So I wonder what uh, what what this year is going to bring because I, I almost feel like there's got to be some kind of obligatory uh, pickup or big pickup that we're going to that we're going to be making so yeah but uh, what are you looking for is there anything big that you're kind of eyeing scoping out uh, for PS1 I'm looking for Vanguard Bandits it's like okay. a strategy RPG but I, robots and shit I thought for some reason you had that one no I don't have Vanguard oh, Bandits okay. I got a thousand arms that I oh, yeah. when did I get that last year I think I think mm. I picked that up at the last year's classic gotcha um, there's that uh, Hyperstone Heist for the Genesis which I do not own oh, for some right. reason yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking for Hyperstone Heist um, that would be good Run Saber for the, oh, the for Super SNES. Nintendo yep. mm-hmm. yeah which is looks like a lot of fun that would be a fun one for us to play on the channel together it's kind of like a like a gaunt or not a gauntlet um almost like a contra but with swords mm. so it looked really cool a contra I mean, with swords with swords <laughs> it's all like he's like swords. and this this one i'm actually curious to see if we can find um hagani oh, i would i would trying to find serious? it's going to be insanely expensive and I don't think we'll actually pay. It's like five and a half hundred dollars. Five and a half hundred, he says. I love the way you said it. Yeah, it's not cheap. It's not cheap at all. But the one thing I do want to see is if it's... Oops, that's not it. That's the... Super, Although, come to that's think Super of it, Famicom. There, there is one game... $543! I told you, five and a half hundred. You laughed at, my, at the way I worded it, but it was like spot on. I'm just curious to see if they'll have it. Because that's one you really, really, really do not see, even at this, even at the classics. No, you don't. The you, only time I've ever all. actually seen the cart was when we went to Dupere. 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 Yep. When we found it at, uh, mm-hmm. I don't remember what that's the game, game trade. Game trade. Game trade. 
Come on. Sorry, man. Come on. Greg, we're sorry. If you're listening to this, just don't. Andy has problems. I do. <laughs> Greg's, Greg's the owner of Game Trade in De Pere, Wisconsin, which is right outside of Green Bay. It is not technically Green Bay, but if you do a search for video game stores in Green Bay, his store, Game Trade, will pop up. So you guys should go check it out. If you've never been there before, if you're around the area, check it out. Yeah, they had amazing stuff. Oh, and the prices. And I wish they were closer. Oh, my God. It, it, I, I'm sorry. I have to, I have to, to uh, go on a tangent here because uh, Greg was just absolutely amazing. I ended up finding Cliffhanger. At, at his store for ten dollars, yeah. and then I ended up finding it at another place. <laughs> yeah, you kind know. of a crappy place, but found it at, at another place for three dollars. And I'm just like, oh man, I got taken. I spent ten dollars on this game, <laughs> and I didn't mean like I didn't mean it at all. Like I was I was fine paying the ten dollars. Yeah, fine. And Greg must saw the video, and he's like, hey, next time you come in to to game trade. I'll give you a seven dollars store credit because I I took you on that, no on that deal, and I'm like I took you on that. Deal. I'm like, dude, you do you, you no, you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Like, no, that is no, stop it. So, so he makes things like just I have never encountered a store that is I've had more fun in, and that the owner was more passionate about what he did. Yeah, and was just an all around great guy. It was a so good store. Just, oh, they were so very knowledgeable good. about what what they had in the store, yeah. which is good. It's not, yeah. it's not like they were just workers there who, you know, didn't really know jack shit. It mm-hmm. wasn't like going to that what was it that Mega Media or whatever the frick that we went to, where it's just like, come on, yeah. <laughs> Their Dreamcast section was one game. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. It, it was a yeah. sports game. <laughs> so it's like so, they he yeah. definitely had a passion for what he was selling. They had Hagani there, and yeah. uh, unfortunately, it was it was the real game, but with a uh, reproduction label on it. Yeah, and I remember he priced it accordingly. I think yeah. he. What, what I, think was it was, it? Five, I think it was five hundred. It might have been. So it was below what the what yeah. the actual cost of the cart was. God, it's a lot. And of he money. even and he even said too. He's like, I I wish that they didn't. Like we wouldn't have done this. Like yeah. I mean, even if the label is torn up and scratched up and looks bad, it's like it's authentic, mm-hmm. <laughs> and people will pay for that that authentic piece of it. So yeah. But uh, no, actually, there is one game that um, if the price was cheap enough and if we were able to find it there, which I don't think I'd be able to find it, but um, I don't know if it's a point and click, but I think it's it's a very early version of like a, a survival horror ish game. But it's for uh, Sega Saturn. Have you ever heard of a game called Lunacy? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind trying to find that game p- and picking it up, but it's um, uh, according to price charting today, it's uh, one hundred and eighty nine dollars. But if you find it online, like eBay and stuff like that, you're not gonna find people listing it for ch- for hmm. less than like two hundred bucks. Wow, to two hundred and twenty-five, maybe even two hundred and fifty. Okay. So, so yeah, so that that's one that I wouldn't mind trying to find, but uh, mm. if if the price is right, because obviously, Game Boy is going to be my main <laughs> my main focus. Of course, you still have to complete that collection. So, yeah. How far into the Game Boy collection are you, by the way? So I am. And so here's the thing: is that if if all the games that I have on the on the list that I have, there is five hundred and seven. Officially licensed Game Boy games, the grade cart games. Yeah. Um, I am missing 138. 
Damn. So yeah, so I'm I'm about at 369, 370 games. Holy shit! I didn't so, yeah. realize you were that far in. Yeah. You've really been closing in on, oh, the, yeah. <laughs> on the end of that. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Oh, I yeah. can't believe they had 507 games on the original Game Boy. And um, I'm not sure which one is the last one, but uh, WWF Warzone and Pokemon Yellow. The Pokemon Pikachu edition uh, was uh, the last two games that ever came out for the original Game Boy, and those both came out in 1998. My God! So the the system was launched in 1989, and the last games that came out for it was 1998. So I mean, that's That's a long life cycle. That's a long life cycle. Yeah, long. I feel like no other handheld had that for, had that long of a span. I don't think so. Even even like the, Game Boy Advance and the yeah. DS did not have spans like that. They those may have been like 5 years, 6 years. Um but yeah, 9 full well, years. I suppose the 3DS has been going for quite a while. Well, when did you get your 3DS cuz you got one Fuck of the long you got, I remember. Like, yeah, but you got <laughs> like one of the launch ones because I, I remember did. you got the uh you got Nintendo's deal because they, they, oh, they had it over not overpriced, it over, but they lowered yeah. the price, and then right they away, gave yeah. yeah the ambassadors program they That's called the, it the ambassadors program yeah, yeah where you got a bunch of free advance games mm-hmm. and stuff like that which actually weren't terrible yeah but uh, yeah God I don't I don't remember how much I spent three sixty three hundred fifty bucks for the DS. 3DS? For the 3DS, that's what I you think so. Holy crap! What it, that's what it started at, I think. If I remember right, maybe it wasn't. Because when I got mine, it was 150. Yeah, maybe it was 250. May, I think it was 250. Yeah, 350 yeah. sounds a little off. Yeah, that sounds. Two, way I think it was 250. Oh, okay. But I traded in my old DS, mm. and so I think I got 50 bucks off. So I think I spent maybe 200. Gotcha. I don't remember, but it's yeah. This is a weird tangent. <laughs> Other things I'm looking for at the Classic are more guides. I'm looking for more of the rarer ones. Uh, I need to find some of the uh, Xenosaga guides. Uh, some of the Dot .hack ones, they're very expensive. Uh, Odin 2. Of course, because the games are pretty expensive, too. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, just the the, what, the fourth one, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, World Ends With You, I would love to find the guide for. Um, but other than that... Not a whole lot. I'm super looking for. I'm not going there with a purpose other than Silent Hill for mm-hmm. for Cassie, mm-hmm. but that's about it. I listened to a uh, to a podcast from. Uh, it was actually uh, Greg's podcast uh, uh, called Drop Rate. So yeah. If you're not listening to it, that's another one. That's he he makes some really good points, and he actually brought up a really good point too that I. It kind of really made sense that I didn't really think about about why the landscape of collecting has changed and why it feels like things aren't quite the same that they used to be. Although I feel like I feel like the Midwest Gaming Classic, like well, we used to get games super cheaper. It seemed like they were cheap back then compared to now. They're really just the prices are kind of just evolving as the price of the games are going up. Yeah. So I mean, I I really can't necessarily fault the vendors there who are selling games for what they are, and like some of them you can blame them. Oh yeah, thirty six hundred for Bonk's Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sorry, um, but he was talking about how um, so just recently um, 
that uh, that Super Mario Brothers that that sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers. I don't yeah, know if you heard that. about that. That ended up selling for over a hundred thousand dollars, which to me is just that's, that's just stupid. that's ludicrous. That's yeah. stupid. That's dumb. And it's the same thing. Like what happened with um, there was years ago there was a, a Nintendo system with like five or six games that ended up selling on eBay for over ten thousand dollars. And people were like, what? Nintendo's cost that much money? Like, And then everybody is coming out of the woodwork not realizing that one of the games that was of those five or six was Stadium Events. Mm-hmm. And so th- it wasn't the Nintendo that was going for that much. It was the game. It was the one game. Yeah. And Stadium so, Events is $2,006. $2,006? That's what it's worth. Now on price charting oh, wow. anyway. 2006. Well, wow, it went, went down. What it used to be? It used to be close to like eight thousand dollars. Oh yeah, it's not. So, yeah, I <laughs> know, definitely not. No. Um, but uh, and then it, I remember seeing that on uh, there was an episode of um, oh what is it Storage Wars where mm-hmm. this one guy he like he finds a Nintendo and he's like oh this this has to be a uh, 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 Nintendo uh, NES zero zero one and I'm like. Why does it have to be a, a NES 001? The fuck does that mean? <laughs> it, it was just the first run Nintendo. Like yeah. it, it's just the top or the 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 front loading yeah. Nintendo. All of them were NES 001. I'm sorry, NES 001. Um, and so he thinks that he's got this this ten thousand dollar Nintendo because it's it's NES 001. And I'm like, and then it dawned on me. I'm like, you know what? When you hear stories about like. A Nintendo selling for ten thousand dollars, or Super Mario Brothers, which everybody and their brother had. Oh yeah! And it's like, oh, that game is worth a hundred thousand dollars. Like, it brings out people who aren't normally collectors, who are then enter the landscape to buy everything that they can, in order to flip it, in order to yeah. sell it, which then causes the prices of things to go up drastically because then people are buying it where they don't know necessarily what price they should be paying so they may be paying more for it and then because they paid more for it they're trying to flip it for a higher price and then that perpetuates that cycle to keep on going it's like a video game version of the speculators bubble yes from it's comic literally books. yeah that's literally what it is yeah. it's it's the comic book speculation bubble um, and so it's like I Lord feel... knows there's only billions of copies of the original Super Mario Bros. Well, yeah, for the and then, yeah, exactly. And even a complete copy of it, or like maybe not even sealed, but a complete copy. I don't even think it's like a hundred bucks because it's oh, just serious. because it's just so like it's so common. And Everybody can, had it. You can play it on damn near everything with a pulse. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Super Mario Bros. Super, Jesus Christ! I am never gonna find it in here. Super Mario Bros. NES complete sixty eight dollars. Yeah, I didn't even think it was over a hundred. Yeah, there's yeah. no way it was over a hundred dollars. Um, but I feel like, while we may see that landscape change in like video game stores and other places out like out around here, um, you don't necessarily see too much of that at the Midwest Gaming Classic because you get a lot of like minded people. Coming mm-hmm. to the classic, they know exactly what they want. They know what they want to pay for something, and you just there's. I, I feel like there's a mutual respect for the sellers who are there, the buyers who are there. Everybody knows kind of like you're you're not gonna fool me on on what uh, something is, yeah. is selling for. I know you have this game for this price, 
And that's because you have a, a slight markup, which I'm okay with. Can you cut me a little bit of slack? Yeah. yeah, maybe I can cut you some slack. It's like, all right, we've done this song and dance. We know it. We have a mutual respect for one another. And it doesn't feel like it's that way outside of here. So it's no. like, even though the landscape, I feel, has changed a little bit just in the prices that we see at the Classic, it's only just a sign of the times. It's not because that they're out to, to gouge us or anything no. like that. But what do you what do you think? Well, it's the uh, people that go to this Classic are... It's not a typical family that's going to be just wandering into a game store looking for Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys have Nintendo? Do you guys have Nintendo? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that <No>. woman. <laughs> no, it's... it's The crowd that goes to this is more... They're educated on yes. what they want. They, yes. they know what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. You know, this isn't something... Especially for the admission price. <laughs> yeah. You're not just going to casually wander into the classic no. for... What is it? $40 for a ticket? And they... Uh, How 45. much? 45 bucks 45. for a ticket to just be in there to look for a Super Mario Brothers. I was just about you know to say I mean? it. I'm like, yeah, and, and and they're going to go in and it's like, all right, where's the Super Mario Brothers? <laughs> where's Mario 3? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, those people there, they're going for the high shelf stuff. Yeah. Which is, I feel like the vendors reflect that. Mm -hmm. Damn near every booth or table has... A case. Yes, they do. With top tier shit. Yep. Like they they know what the crowd is. So like even when we were haggling with that that rule of rose guy, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, we were a little butt hurt we had spent that much. But I mean, mm -hmm. to be fair, he knew what it was worth. We knew what it was worth. Yeah. And it's it was priced fairly. Mm -hmm. So I mean, it's well, and yeah. um, and even even there it's like when we looked it up on price charting i think the the price that we saw it at at the time it was like 215 yeah and he was charging 250 however though and it's so we spiked. thought well well not even just that we thought like oh okay yeah 35 dollars like no it's it's it doesn't go for 250 blah 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 and it was only after that I looked on eBay and I'm like, wait a minute, there's actually quite a few that were ending like around like the 240, 250 mark. Yeah, there was a couple outliers that were like 160, 170, which you don't under, like, I don't understand why that no. ends up happening at times. Um, or it could just be that the the either the disc is is scratched or it's not complete. Blemishes um, on the the yeah, case. Blemishes on the case. Um, and so those prices will definitely affect what price charting is. So mm -hmm. you know what? Sometimes, every so often, price charting does get it wrong. Yeah. Where it doesn't actually honestly reflect what the actual price is. So um, so it's one of those things that, yeah, we just kind of have to have to say we're, we're, we're sorry. <laughs> I, I, yeah, we, I'm not sorry, damn it. No, I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I am too. We, we, but were, we were salty. That's one thing, too, though, is every convention that passes, those prices do skyrocket for a little while. Yeah, oh, because... Yeah. People will go and see. Hey, rule of rose for two fifty. Fuck that. They'll go to eBay. They'll get it. You know, mm -hmm. and they'll be like, they'll buy it on eBay, and it'll yep. it'll spike the price. Yep. It always yep. happens. It happens every year where we see where a price will rise, and then it'll gradually taper back down. So, we were right, but at the same time, we were wrong. Well, <laughs> and it was. And again, and I yeah. think I've, I've talked about this before, but uh, it's. Um, and of course, I have no proof, so you're, you have to take my word for it. But um, I, a long time ago, when I bought Wayne's World on the mm -hmm. Nintendo, I paid ninety. It was either ninety two or ninety six dollars for it. So it, was, it wasn't a hundred, but it was it was pretty close. Um, 
And literally, after I had bought that game, because there weren't that many sales for that game, the price that I ended up buying that game for was the trending price on price charting for the next like three to four weeks. <laughs> like it literally said like the price of it like the the price was like ninety two sixty six or something like that. And I'm like, that's what I paid for it. Like, <laughs> okay. I yeah. literally just set the price on price charting because <laughs> there's been that, that few of sales. That's that's great. So um so as much as we rely on it, there's always those times where it's you kind of have to question it. Yeah, it's so. price charting is not. It's not the end all. It's not. Yeah, it's not the definite price for what something's going for. Mm -hmm. It's more of a guideline. Yeah, I would say than a set in stone price of yep. what your game is actually. Use worth. it as a guide, not as a yeah. as a as a, a rule. We still go to the classics. Yeah, every so often we'll 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 reference it, but it's we trust that the vendors know what their stuff is worth yeah for the most part yeah we we never go and pull the trigger immediately on a game which has its risks it's mm -hmm. a risk reward system yeah we'll be like because i think we passed rule of rose the first time we saw it at another booth for 280 and mm -hmm. obviously we knew that was not, yeah we weren't gonna get it cheaper <laughs> than 250 no so it's like you you kind of have that thing where you'd be like, all right, okay, it's there, you know, we'll make a lap and see what other vendors have for it, and mm -hmm. sometimes you come back and it's gone, you know, yeah. you'll be like, fuck, I should have bought it for the 250 Yeah, but then you didn't know at the time if that was the cheapest one, so it's, right. yeah, it's kind of the catch-22, like, do I do it and risk, mm -hmm. risk finding it cheaper, or do I pass on it, Ooh. or do I pass on it, and then uh, by the time I come back and realize it was the cheapest one, it's already gone. Yeah, actually, that that's that brings up one of the ones I bought Lufia for the Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah, I think I it was Lufia that, yeah. two. Uh, Luf I think you bought Lufia one and two, didn't I, you? I, I think so. I think it was the yeah, that was the both of them. Yeah, I bought it for at the time it was forty six dollars, forty or fifty. Okay. Um, but I had want after I'd bought it for the fifty. I had I had gone around and I saw I saw for forty, so it's like mm. I ended up spending ten or twenty dollars more than what I could have found it for. That game, by the way, loose goes for seventy six dollars, which I'm actually surprised with. Lufia wow. two. Oh, nice. Um, Lufia one, Lufia and the Fortress of Doom forty. Yeah, so I I spent about what it was worth. Um, but that's another thing too. It's like sometimes just pulling that trigger and spending a little bit extra just ensures that you're going to it, get it yeah you know and there's and there's nothing wrong with that because no. then, then it's just it, it kind of just sets the standard where it's like the peace of mind like hey you know what all right i paid a little bit more than i was expecting but i got the game I, at least i, I have it i have it better to have it than to not have it at all than to regret like oh i didn't pull the trigger and then like i'm doing with dragon force and magic knight ray exactly <laughs> like an idiot no. ah! i suppose actually i'm curious to see if those will be at the classic Hey, you know what? They might be. Because that vendor we bought Rule of Rose from had Magic Knight Ray Earth. And yeah. somebody bought it in front of us. Uh, and I remember. I that. remember. They spent a lot. And I was like, ugh. It's the kind of things that I just, I love when, uh, like when we were at a, a store and you found that the, uh, the dot, uh, dot hack, hack part four. And they're like, who would pay this much for it? And it's like, go to the, <laughs> mid go to the Midwest Gaming Classic. I can guarantee you that games that are three, four times that you'll watch people buy games like that. Yeah, at Coliseum, I remember I uh, that was the last one yeah. I needed was Dot Hack yeah. Part Four. Quarantine, I think. Yeah, the guy was yeah, the guy was like trying to impress his girlfriend and he's like 
who would pay this much for a video game? And I remember you looked over at Gerald and like, Gerald, I'll take Bye it. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Dot Hack Part 4 for $80. Yeah, I'll, I'll take, take it. it. <laughs> By the way, complete 135 nice. is what it goes for now. Nice. So I, I still came out on came out ahead. That's another place, Coliseum Games in Kenosha. Absolutely. I, we love their store. Check They're run out. by good friends of ours. Yep. Or it's run by good friends of ours. They mm-hmm. have a big Magic the Gathering scene. Yep. They've they got a lot of stuff actually. They Warhammer. They do lots of lots of tabletop gaming, lots yes. of just gaming in general and video games. Um, they're expanding. I mean, it's oh yeah. yeah they do ashes things now. I mean, mm. they do. There's a lot of we we don't dabble too much in board game, but I would like to. Yeah. Even on the channel, I would love to start playing more board game stuff. Just mm-hmm. something different. It's yeah. a lot of fun, and I enjoy doing it. I have a lot of them that I don't. We unfortunately don't touch as much as I would like. Yeah, I know. But uh, they have. There was one that came out recently that was really good. Damn it! Why can't I remember the name of it? Keyforge, there it Key is. Keyforge right. is what it is. That's right. It's it's a it's a yeah. a card game where every deck is unique. There's no deck building whatsoever. You cannot deck build in this game mm-hmm. because every deck that you buy is unique and in and of itself, it's it's quote unquote randomly generated decks, but they all play into each other. And it's it's mm-hmm. an extremely fun game, and I I have I want to say six decks of it. And it's it's a lot of fun. Kevin and I really love it. Yeah. Um, but Ashes is another one where that one you can deck build, but it's it's dice based. Every round you roll dice, and that's your mana pool for mm-hmm. that round. It's it's really interesting. interesting. And Coliseum does a lot of tournaments and stuff like that, and they're they're very good with what they do. And I love going there. They have actually pretty good video game selection too. Um, they got a lot of rare stuff, mm-hmm. and I. I I love Coliseum. Yep. They have a lot of really cool shit. When I get down there, or when I'm down on that side of town, I try to make it a point to go in there. Yeah, every time. Unfortunately, I'm a north side boy. I don't go to the south side very often. Fuck you, Paul. <laughs> Just saying, south side's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's better down here. <laughs> but there you go. Coliseum Games. Definitely recommend hitting them up, too. So do you remember last year at the Midwest Gaming Classic where we didn't realize that... Uh, oh, that's the way it goes! Oh, that's the way it goes! Okay, I'm going to kill you. That's the one thing I hope this Classic doesn't have is an overly obnoxious band. I am going to kill you. I completely forgot about that until you just said I, that. I take that back. They weren't obnoxious, but it was a little too loud. They, the classic always has like their music is they just a little music, yeah. too yeah a little although too... there was one year they it was was it there it was amazing they were doing a live play where uh, somebody was playing a lot of Final Fantasy uh, music no somebody was playing uh, Metroid and yes. somebody was playing was was playing the guitar to the music of Metroid yeah, and yeah. I'm like that is amazing. Yeah, sorry, I derailed you quickly there. No, it's okay, but um, last year, um, during all of the, um, all of the, the, the issue, like, the issues and the, the bad blood that was going down, where, um, Billy Mitchell, <gasps> Billy Mitchell, Billy Mitchell showed up, yes! with Walter Day, <laughs> yeah, I love that part. And he, he showed up in his white suit with his American tie on because, yeah, the, the United States is his, his supplier of ties. 
Um, Wait, what my initials are? U-S-A. Get the fuck out of here, you gloriously haired having bastard. But he made he made that uh, that statement at the Midwest Gaming Classic in 2018 about how like the the truth was going to come out, and he's got all these documents that he wishes he could share with people right. about his innocence. Did we ever follow up on that? I don't think you and I ever did. Followed up on what? Uh, about his statement. Oh, no, no, I don't think we ever did. And did he ever follow up on it? Did he ever? He never did. (laughs) (laughs) He never did. No. True Billy Mitchell fashion. There was was no follow-up. The documents that he said that he's like... that in time, everything will be made available to you. Nothing will be withheld. It's like, everything was withheld. All these documents that you said you had... Redacted! You did not not share any of these documents that proved your innocence. And in fact, it was quite the opposite, because now, not only has his... Which I do kind of feel bad for him. His, um... His perfect Pac-Man score was removed from Twin Galaxies. What a legacy. Which to me... That was the one that it's like if if there was one score of his that I could trust, like that was the one. And but I wonder if they did that out of principle. They I mean, did. did they do that? They did. They, yeah. Even they, if he legitimately yeah, made that they did score, it, they did it for like if, if like all of his scores are now ineligible, even oh the ones that God. don't even affect what he did. With See Donkey his Kong. Donkey Kong one, I believe. That was, or not believe that you he believe did it, that he I, that he, he faked, fucked, yeah, yeah, yeah that he, oh yeah, oh for sure, he faked the shit out of oh, it. Oh for sure. So like, mm-hmm. that is such a thing. I I've completely forgotten that we saw Billy Mitchell yeah. there until I watched that video and just I had, recently, yeah. and I was like, no fucking way, we did see him. And there. I did not realize how tall he is. Like he's, he's a big actually, man. He's a big guy. Yeah, he's. I'm six two. Mm-hmm. So he must have been six four, maybe. I think six, yeah, because he was just a hair. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was a lot of hair. Oh my god! <laughs> so if you've ever seen pictures of of Billy Mitchell or what saw videos, on that guy, saw videos of him uh, on YouTube, or if uh, you watched King of Kong, um, his hair it looks fake. I guarantee you, it looks exactly that same way in person. <laughs> he must spend hours. I mean, hours. I am not exaggerating. He must spend hours on his hair, making sure that every hair is in place. And he probably goes through half a can of hairspray. <laughs> was his appearance at the Midwest Gaming Classic planned? Like, did they know he was going to be there, or did he just show up? I honestly, I don't think that they knew, because otherwise they would have, they would have uh, made, they would have, they, they would have made, they would have made a hubbub about it. Because that's another thing the Midwest Gaming Classic's good for is they have a lot of pretty high shelf guests. So this year, actually, they're. Uh, do you remember Eric Bischoff? Oh my God! Yes, from, from WCW. Such a douche. He's yeah. He's gonna be there. Bischoff was a douche. He was, but you know what though? He created the uh, the NWO. He did, man. He was a big part of, he, of the wrestling. Thing. And I'm not. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. WCW I don't, versus I don't know, NWO. I don't know a lot about wrestling, but I do know that that in the late '90s, it was always that. What's better? Who's who's got better view or better, better viewership and better talent? Is it WWF or was it WCW? And WWF was always a leader. However, during the whole NWO takeover and all that stuff, the new Bischoff's, world order and Bischoff's running of WCW, they were winning that that ratings race. Yeah, there was point. a because I remember there was a big uh, what's the word I'm looking for. There was a big division 
in it, I want to say it was in WCW because there was the WCW and then there was the NWO. Yeah. There was a big division. I remember because fucking Sting wasn't he like in both? He would like flip flop back and forth, and you're like, well, I think on, it's, Sting, it's because he was, he, was team. Pre- he was like pretending to join. I'm the a lone NWO. wolf. He was pretending to join them to like infiltrate them, and then he's like, no, I'm not. I work for myself. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I hated Sting. I'm not gonna lie to you. Fucking Sting was just a whack ass crow. I I miss when he was uh, the All American like bash. Yeah. Beach Sting. Because I remember he yeah. used to have the bat all the time, and yeah, he looked like the crow. Well, yeah, uh, he did. He had the bat and the trench coat. Yeah, yeah. he was okay. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even remember what his signature move was. It's a scorpion deathlock. It was. Yeah. It was a submission, wasn't it? It was a submission hold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll have to do a wrestling episode at some point. That would be fun. Yeah, there's a lot of about wrestling that we could talk about, but uh, <laughs> anyway, speaking, yeah, Eric Bischoff. So yeah, so Eric Bischoff, Surprise. and they and they made the announcement that it was that it was him. So they why. made they made no announcement whatsoever that Billy Mitchell was going to be no. there, which is why I really think that he he just he basically showed up probably to do that whole the whole <laughs> uh, statement that he made. But of all places to go, the Midwest. You go to the Midwest gaming. <laughs> In it Milwaukee, is. Wisconsin. It's the biggest video game convention in the Midwest, though. So I mean, there's nothing quite like it around I suppose that's here. true because Amkey is the same thing. It's yeah for for the, uh, anime convention. Yeah. Yep, in Milwaukee. Yep, the Milwaukee uh, anime convention was yep. huge now in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Tim, for yeah. for spearheading that that convention. Like, oh the, yeah, he helped create that convention. He did. Which that's that's such a, I feel like that's a, such an accomplishment. To take a convention from nothing and build it into such do, a, a, a to, big thing. To do something that you're passionate about and you don't care if you get a lot of people going to it. Yeah. You just want to organize it so that you can collect all these different for people. For like-minded people. For like-minded people who can then enjoy what it is that you enjoy. Yeah. But it ends up taking off to such a degree that it, it just becomes this runaway freight train at that point. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. The stresses of that have to be crazy. Oh, I don't even. That's why at, that's at one why point I, I like Power Trip being smaller, but at the same time it's like I want it to build, want it to be bigger, but at the same time it's like I like not having to worry about this. I like not having a lot of responsibility. Exactly. <laughs> Billy Mitchell, man, what, yeah. what? That was such a surprise. It was. It was, and I, I literally, I wanted to just, I wanted to meet Walter. I could gar- I could give two craps less about Billy Mitchell. If anybody's curious about what we're even fucking talking about, uh, watch. There's a couple of documentaries you can watch. I know. Um, was it? Uh, what was the Pac-Man one? Uh, Chasing Ghosts. Chasing Ghosts mm-hmm. was about Billy Mitchell's um, perfect, perfect Pac-Man. Pac-Man run, yeah. Yeah. and King of Kong: Fistful of Quarters was another one where it was um, Steve Weeby mm-hmm. uh, was chasing the Donkey Kong high score. And Billy Mitchell kind of screws. He underhandedly retained his title from Steve Weeby. Yeah, so. Is it Weeb or Weeby? Weeby. 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 So, so Billy Mitchell had the high score. And he did. Steve Weeby decided he's like, you know what? I, I think I could beat that. I could, I could get a, a top, mm-hmm. top score. So he ended up doing that. He had to, he recorded it. He had to, uh, he had to submit it. They viewed the video. Then there was people who actually came to his house to inspect his Donkey Kong board so that they can guarantee that it was yeah. that it was a legit playthrough um, or a legit machine. 
And because they saw that it was sent to him by Roy Schilt, who um, there's a lot of history between Roy Schilt and Billy Mitchell not liking each other. Mm -hmm. And so they basically said that your score doesn't count because... It's because of this guy, Roy Schilt. Guilty it's, by association. It's, it's tainted. Therefore, you have to do this live and in person in order to get a in order to get a score. Yeah. You know, to get your score recognized. So he went to Fun Spot where they were having a uh, like a video game, uh, uh, not a contest, but like a, a video game convention type yeah. thing. Um, Twin Spot, New Hampshire. Yeah, and Twin uh, uh, Fun Spot. Mm. Fun Spot. In what did Hampshire. I say? Yeah. Twin Spot? You said Twin Spot. My bad. Not Twin Peaks. <laughs> fun, fun Spot in, uh, yeah, uh, Weir's Beach, New Hampshire. There you go. And um, and so he actually, in person, he got the high score and he got a kill screen. Yeah. And so then his score was recognized. And within one day, Billy Mitchell submitted a tape, a recorded tape that they gave to the judges they watched it, and because that score was higher, they basically then said, nope, now Billy has the high score again. He retains yeah. his score. And so they made Weeby jump through all these hoops to do it live to make sure that there was no taint of what, like, that it was the official way to do it, that he was doing it by the rules. And then Billy, they just let him submit a, a tape. Yeah. And that was and that was his proof. Like, it, so he there uh, were a lot of discrepancies with the tape, and there was a lot of finding, and yeah. there was a lot of discrepancies with that tape. So, um, but anyways, what ended up ultimately happening was that uh, Steve Weeby got the high score back again. Um, but then it was years later that people were watching the tape that was actually submitted by by Billy Mitchell, and they noticed that there's a lot of striking similarities between how his game is loading to how it loads on the MAME, which is the, uh, the uh, MAME stands for um, Multiple Arcade Machine Emulator, I think. It's, is it's essentially something an, what emulation it, it's, it's an emulation of an emulation. Yeah, it's an yeah. emulation of an arcade game. And it has, um, it has notable ways of how it loads compared to the, the actual authentic arcade version of it. And so then they started looking into it like, wait a minute, it looks like you're playing on a MAME or some kind of emulated uh, Donkey Kong, um, some kind of, uh, of emulation. And they realized that the... Then it just started snowballing where it's like, well, the, the score that he was getting like with, with uh, getting the hammer and uh, the things that he was getting, he was getting uh, too many 800-point hits with the hammer and it just statistically speaking it didn't make sense like there was no reason why he should have been getting such high scores and so then they started thinking that the the he was basically recording it on MAME and then he was using save states to try to maximize the the amount of score that he could yeah. get and so um so then uh, just last year, they basically went through this whole six-month period where they were investigating, they were doing yeah. their this investigation to determine the legitimacy of it, and they ultimately found out that it... They, yep. couldn't, they couldn't conclude that it was done on MAME. However, though, they concluded that whatever it was that he did was not on authentic hardware. 
Yeah, it was a big, big so, deal was, in the gaming a, community. It was a huge thing in in the gaming community, and so that's why Billy was at the Midwest Gaming Classic. He basically, um, he basically uh, came there to to issue a statement saying that um, that he's got a team who's looking into this, and that he promises that the the. Uh, the truth will come out. No information will be withheld from anybody. Um, he wishes that he could share it with everybody, uh, and and that it, the the truth will come out soon, so that everybody can see that he's 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 an legit. honest guy. Yeah, he's legit. Um, and no information came out. No information was shared from from Billy or his team. And uh, game uh, the uh, Twin Galaxies ended up. Uh, completing their investigation and determining that it was not legit, and so they removed, stri uh, striked all of his scores, not just his Donkey Kong, Damn. but also his perfect game on Pac-Man as well, too, was no longer recognized as uh, as that. So, um... What a way so to go. A lot of, lot of hubbub, but, I mean, yeah, he... He had quite a reputation and, and and quite a legacy, I guess, just because of the way that that uh, he kind of conducted and composed himself. But now, I mean, this is literally the legacy he's going to leave behind now. Yeah, because nobody is going to be able to see past this. Just so. dying in notoriety, I guess. Yeah. Infamy, I so. suppose, is the the correct word. So yeah, so I think. Uh, I think I'm super stoked for the Midwest Gaming Classic 2019. One hundred percent. I can't wait to see what we're going to see. Um, the the big top tier creme de la creme that we're going to see in the cases. See if maybe uh, if Bonk's Adventure is now going to go for maybe forty five thousand dollars. Forty five hundred to five thousand dollars for a box, a complete copy of Bonk's Adventure. Absolutely, man. Uh, you guys can check out our other Midwest Gaming Classic Ventures. Uh, you can watch the one from 2017 and 2018. And 2018, They yes. are both on our YouTube channel, PowerTripGaming.tv. It'll take you directly to us, yep. where you can watch the other... You can watch our, our playthrough of video games. You can watch our, our side quest material. You can watch our trip to the Midwest Gaming Classic in 2017, 2018, and also some other video game outings that we take around the, uh, around the area that... Yep, our we're, game uh, hunts, where yes. we've gone to Madison, we've, we've gone to Illinois, we've, we've gone yep. to Green Bay. We've done a few of them now. Yes, we have. So, keep an eye out. We'll actually be putting out our video for this year's Midwest Gaming Classic, hopefully within a day yep. of it. So, hopefully you will listen to this, and then be sure to check out our Midwest Gaming Classic 2019 video as soon as it gets uploaded. Absolutely. So no no outro. That's no. <laughs> no. You just you just want to just nod. Uh, well, I. Mm. It's radio. They can't see you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm so used to the camera. We're done. We dickless. We we dickless. We done. We done. We done. <laughs> <laughs> so next time on Power Trip Gaming, we go to the classic. Oh, this has been another Power Trip Gaming Powercast. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to call you out on this. Call me out. What I said... <laughs> no, no, no. What I said... So, uh, next time on Power Trip Gaming, we go to the, the Midwest Gaming Classic. Yeah. You literally looked up at the I camera. I did! <laughs> you looked up at the camera. I did look at the camera. It's such a force I'm of like, hand. why did you do that? I was going to point you, at yeah, it. Yeah, you looked right at it. I'm like... <laughs> they can't see you. Like... <laughs> 
Do I tell him that the camera's not on? Uh, I don't know. What a mess. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh.